0: A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked, and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling
1: a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule.
0: If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Uh, Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. six Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that that many LDS folks and I. Uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus you. like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke
1: to my heart. There's very few times I have ever heard God be this articulate with me.
0: And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. i don't want I'm actually brushing hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 117. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog podcast is a podcast I do dealing with false doctrines, false gospels, false Christ, false prophets, false gods, you name it. If it's out there and it is coming against and challenging the truth of what God's word tells us, I, as the quote at the beginning of the uh, introduction says, I bark. And so I. there are a couple other uh, offshoots of this, segments of this podcast that I do. I do the, the main podcast here, which is just dealing with all sorts of stuff. We have the False Teacher of the Week that I drop every Saturday. And then every once in a while, I do a live segment, uh, the contentious and pugnacious uh, Stupid Things Jory Micah Says um, Answering a Fool According to Her Folly, and uh, we just troll Tor- Jory Micah and the things she throws out on Twitter. So, um, today we are dealing with our friends over at Saints Unscripted, as usual, which is the the foundation of what this podcast started out as, just dealing with the faith and belief segment of the Faith uh, Saints Unscripted podcast. So, today, again... As I committed to respond to every one of their episodes, I am responding again. Today is, uh, actually, there's some some meat that's going to come along with this. Um, I am watching my video here, uh, and I don't know if it's doing this uh, as you're watching, but the light is flickering, so I don't know what's going on, if my camera's going out or what. But we will get through this. Hopefully, it's not uh, doing this for you, and it's only doing it for me. And um, for those of you listening... It's not going to be a problem for those of you watching. I hope it's not so bothersome that you can't continue to watch, but it's actually kind of bothering me. So we're going to jump into this video here. We are going to let our friend David tell us about the tough uh, gospel questions that they deal with over at Saints Unscripted. So let's jump in and see what our friend David has to say about this stuff.
1: Hey guys, so as you may imagine in my line of work, I sometimes come in contact with people who have left The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, I didn't know that, really. While people leave for all sorts of different reasons, I think most of the time it ultimately comes down to these two words unmet expectations. What they were expecting to find in the church simply isn't what they found. In this episode, I want to talk about a framework originally outlined by Bruce and Marie Hafen that can help us formulate realistic expectations and can help us approach tough questions in a productive way. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Before we even get into it, let's just face the fact that no, most of the people don't leave the LDS church because of unmet expectations. I would say the majority of people who leave the LDS church leave because they have found uh, bad doctrine, false doctrine, false prophecies, uh, just garbage. um, Which causes a lot of them to either just straight out become atheists or some of them actually do get into good Bible believing churches and get saved. So um, I'm actually I'm just going to push back on the whole premise that it comes from unmet expectations but let's see what he has to say about it
1: all right so within this framework there are three stages or phases they are simplicity complexity and simplicity beyond complexity stage one is the idealistic butterflies and rainbows stage the church is great your ward is great life is great everything is awesome, everything is awesome. Awesome! The Hafens bluntly describe stage one as innocent and untested. Stage two is complexity. If you think stage one is all there is, running into stage two can be really painful.
0: Ow! Son of a
1: nutcracker! Maybe you discover information from hostile or friendly sources that doesn't quite square with the idealistic view of the church you had before. Maybe a church leader says or does something you disagree with. Maybe there's a past or present church policy that doesn't make sense to you. Everything's not awesome. Wait, what? Right. Every-
0: Maybe you found all of Joseph Smith's false prophecies. Maybe you found the plagiarism in the Book of Mormon. Maybe you found um, heretical teachings. Maybe you realize that the te- the, the Jesus that is. Presented in the Mormon church is not the Jesus as is presented in the Bible. The God of the Mormon church is not the God of the Bible, is not the eternal, everlasting, almighty God, but just one in a long progressive line of gods who become gods from men who were sinful men who became gods who blah, 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 blah. That's what causes a lot of people to leave the LDS church. Not that stuff.
1: Everything's not cool. I am so depressed. You notice that there's a bit of a gap between the ideal and the real. How you react to stage two makes all the difference, and this is where some people leave the church. For some people, the gap between the ideal and the real is just too great. They can't go back to the innocence of stage one, but sometimes the complexities seem beyond reconciliation. So they leave the church. That's their choice and we're not going to judge them. But leaving isn't the only option on the table.
0: Yes, you are. Don't, don't, don't say that you're not going to judge them because you know you are. I mean, how many people get ostracized by their family when they leave the LDS church? They lose friendships. They lose relationships. People have even lost jobs and, um, and businesses for leaving. And, now, and granted, that's an extreme but a lot of people lose contact with their family and lose a lot of friends. So yeah, it's, yeah.
1: For many people, there's still stage three to look forward to, simplicity beyond complexity. In stage one, the inexperienced person seems to have all of the answers, but may not yet know many of the questions. In stage two, that same person can have all of the questions, but few of the answers. Those in stage three recognize and come to terms with complexity while also finding value in, and where possible, working towards the ideal in realistic ways. Complex issues have perhaps helped refine their faith, but they don't feel the gap is so wide that they need to leave the church because of them. It's not a blind faith, but an informed and a trusting faith. When they notice a gap between the ideal and the real, they acknowledge the gap and, if possible, try to close the gap.
0: Or they just ignore it and continue on without actually believing it or um, committing to it, but they continue on because of family and friends and uh, social status and so on. It really is. It's it's not simplicity past complexity. It's we're ignoring the obvious uh, issues and problems, the racism. Of Brigham Young, the, the Mountain Meadows Massacre, the different things that happened early on in the church, polygamy, um, the, the false doctrines, the, the false prophecies. Again, all the things that we mentioned, all these things that come up that people just are willing to ignore.
1: For example, if their local ward isn't as warm and inviting as they'd hoped, instead of not coming back, they try to be the warm and inviting people in the ward. Once you understand this three-stage framework, you see it all over the place. For example, oftentimes when you're dating someone, everything seems like butterflies and rainbows. You're the ideal match and you're going to get married and live happily ever after. That's stage one. Then you get married and soon realize that your spouse has flaws that maybe you didn't know about earlier. Maybe you disagree on how to manage finances or on how to raise kids. That's part of stage two, complexity. Sometimes the gap between the ideal spouse and the real spouse may be too great and may result in divorce. Others will work through the complexities and go on to have a beautiful marriage on the other side of complexity. They are aware of each other's flaws and work through some of them, but they still both love and value each other despite them. If you're going to...
0: Those complexities aren't being deceived, lied to, uh, uh, abused... I mean, and again, that's an extreme example. I mean, there is, there has been abuse in the LDS church, but again, the the whole issue, it's a, it's more of a, if, I mean, if we are going to compare it to a marriage, it would be like ignoring physical abuse. You literally have a church that is deceiving its members that has, that has scripture that is, is not scripture that is, uh fall you know, again we keep coming back false prophecies false doctrines false Christ false gospel false God all of these things are absolute outright lies and heretical teachings opposed to Orthodox Christianity so if, if you're going to compare it to a marriage it would be uh, uh, you know ignoring the guy who has an entire different identity, and just moving on with it
1: formulate expectations expect to find complexity but recognize that complexity is oftentimes okay all is not automatically lost look for that beautiful kind of settled simplicity that lies beyond complexity How exactly do you move from stage 2 to stage 3? Questions and doubts about faith can either be the wind that sinks your ship or fills your sails. Speaking for myself, when I run into complexity, there are a few general principles I try to remember. First, don't panic. Dealing with complexity may not be fun, but it's important to take your time and do good, efficient homework to understand the complexity, which we talked about a bit in this episode. Sometimes it may turn out that things aren't as complex as they seem. As you do your homework, try to meet complexity with an attitude of humility and meekness. Be ready and willing to be wrong sometimes, and be willing to make paradigm shifts where necessary. We learn line upon line, here a little and there a little. The missionaries are trained to teach you the basics of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the restoration. They're not trained to walk you through 200 years of church history. Learning about this stuff is super important, but, it's not what missionaries are for. It's not what General Conference is for. And it's not what our Sunday worship services are for. Today, the church has excellent resources available to help introduce us to the complexities, but it is ultimately up to each of us to do our homework. Also, remember that as Latter-day Saints, we believe that God will yet reveal many great and important things to us. That implies that there are questions right now that We don't have great answers to. So don't set the expectation that you're going to find answers to every question right away. We're going to have to learn how to live with some ambiguity. Some people will be more comfortable with that than others. But as you decide what to do with that ambiguity, please don't get so caught up in complexity that you forget those doctrines and beliefs that you do understand and that are beautiful and inspiring to you. Beware of tunnel vision. Last but not least, another thing you can do at stage two is reach out for some added perspective from those who may already be in stage three. Chances are none of the complexities you're going to run into related to our faith are going to be new, and there are plenty of people and resources out there that can help. And of course, don't forget to involve God in that process. I hope this framework is helpful to you in more than just the realm of faith. Check out the resources in the YouTube description for more info, and have a great day. All
0: right, so... Here's, a, here's the deal. The complexities, ooh, wrong camera. Um, the complexities that he talks about are, are not really the, the issues that cause most people to leave the church. I mean, it, you can't, when you come to the point where you recognize that the God of the, of the Mormon church is not the, the God of the Bible, it's a false God, it's an idol, it is a figment of Joseph Smith's imagination or creativity. If you would, um, the Christ that is presented in the Mormon church is not the Christ of the Bible. It is a figment of Joseph Smith's imagination. And the things that he taught about these two, uh, these two beings um, contradict what the Bible teaches about them. I mean, he, he contradicts the, the, the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity. He contradicts the ta- doctrine of one God. I mean, literally, they, they are a polytheistic religion where they will make excuses and claim to be monotheistic because they only deal with the God of this planet, not the God that he had to worship in order to become the God of this planet, or the God that he had to worship, or the God that he had to worship, and so on and so on and so on, right? They ignore all those things. The fact that they are a workspace faith, the fact that they are, um, there is so much uh, false prophecy In the LDS faith. And so all these things, none of these are complexities that you can just ignore or look at, you know, again, you don't deal with a crack dealer who, you know, okay, well, yeah, you sell poison to kids in the neighborhood, but you give to charities. You don't look at what is, what might be beautiful and ignore the things that are absolutely false. So there's the, the reality of the fact that there, there's not, it's not this complexity and moving on. The simplicity beyond complexity, in, if you're dealing with the, the real issues behind what, is co- what makes Mormonism a false religion, then it's just intellectual dishonesty is what it is. If you're going to continue on in the LDS faith, and just ignore the, the the huge issues, the huge heretical teachings, and uh, and biblical heresies, uh, non-biblical heresies. Uh, then it's then you're you're engaging in intellectual dishonesty, and you're just there because of whatever family or feelings or whatever it is that's causing you to continue to be on in the LDS Church. So, there you go, guys. I hope you found this helpful. Um, I know I get a little uh, heated sometimes when they get into this, but I mean, again, I mean, there's there's just ridiculous stuff that is going on in here, and and none of this is is useful uh, to those who are recognizing the false teachings of the Mormon religion. So again, to my LDS friend, run, get out, find a Bible believing church where you can learn about the true God, the true Christ, and the true gospel that says that everything that needs to be done for your salvation was done by Christ on the cross. He paid the penalty for your sin. He did all the work. Repentance is a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. All those things that that you need for salvation are things that God gives you. It's nothing that you can work for, and there's nothing you can do that can increase your, your stature or your place in heaven um, to, or become a god. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So my LDS friend, run into my Christian friend. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, soli deo gloria.